Good evening, and welcome to episode 39 of the Two Piece Podcast. Hello, Ben. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good. How are you, are you still scratching away at uh, goblins down there? I might be. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you would be. I thought you would be. And you're um you're not being overcome by those mushrooms too much. Yeah. No. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, dude. They're only made of plastic. Honest. Yeah, not that one you sent me in the picture though. <laughs> I know that was flipping rough, wasn't it? It's like books that you love being eaten by mushrooms that you hate. Yeah. Anyway, so tonight uh, we are going to go onto the hobby desk. We've both been working on bits and bobs that you'll have seen pictures of. Not as productive for me over the last couple of weeks, but we'll have a chat about that. Um, Then into the Galaxy of War. So we've had the LV. Oh, the LVO. Pick a letter. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's because I was thinking Las Vegas. All I could think was A, and I was like, no, it's not A. Um, and we've had the New York Toy Fair, so some really awesome stuff has been announced there for uh, for the Galaxy of War, um, and also for the Mortal Realms. So in the Mortal Realms, I've played a couple of games, uh, so we'll discuss those. And um, Ben is uh, has been going squig mad, so I'm sure we'll have something to say on that. <laughs> into the community, as ever, talking about you awesome guys out there. And then lastly, into Middle Earth, and Ben has the Gondor at War book. Um, so we're going to have a t- chat about what's what can be found in there. I think that's um, that'll about keep us going, won't it, mate? Yeah, it sounds about right. Excellent. Cool. So, guys, grab your refreshments and see us on the hobby desk. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 39's Hobby Desk. Um, bit of a constructive one for me, Dan. Yeah, yeah, it has been, yeah. hasn't it? I'm missing painting, actually. But then... Well, it, I'm missing watching you paint, or at least watching the progress. Yeah, I, I, I kind of had to get them all done before I could start painting, though. Yeah, and you said to me the other day, like, you've, you've obviously, where you've been super productive, you've reached a point where most of your constructed stuff was painted yeah it was done well the constructed stuff that needed doing um yeah yeah i mean i got like all the shade spire stuff i need to build so i I really i just did so much painting last year and not enough building really um but i don't know i'm gonna have to find a way of getting the building in without it taking up too much painting time i think (laughs) i know it sounds daft but uh, as much as i it's time to start training the kids Yeah. yeah well tristan would love to do that but um I don't quite trust him with plastic glue yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, might find his sister glued to something. Well, I, I had um, I got a bag of like uh, bits and bobs from um, from from actually a delivery driver. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But um, I don't know if I said this story on here, but she turned up the other day with a parcel before Christmas, and Tristan opened the door and goes, "Oh, not more Warhammer." <laughs> yeah, it's more Warhammer. <laughs> and uh, she was like, Oh, do you like Warhammer? Um, my son's got a bag in the garage that he doesn't want anymore. I'll bring it in. I'll bring it over for you. I was like, oh, Okay, fair enough. I didn't think anything of it. Never thought it would happen. Um, but no, she did. She brought over a bag of stuff, um, which is really awesome. It's got some uh, gothic ships in, 
which I was dead chuffed about. Oh, yeah, you mentioned um, this. But the space runes in there are just absolutely brilliant. The 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 dude has, pit, has glued the bolt guns on um, without taking the pistol grip off. So he's put the pistol grip oh, behind yeah. the hand and just glued them to the chest. He's done exactly the same with the, the Katashan ones. So there's like the ones where the, the rifle stock built into the arm has got like the rifle glued next to it. It's just so random um, and covered in plastic glue. So um, I've been reminded of why children should not be allowed plastic glue ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> they destroy miniatures. But there we go. Um, so I haven't got much done, to be honest, dude, apart from building stuff. So I've, I've, I have got... Um, I've assembled all of my old goblins. So I had a bunch of squig hoppers um, and a bunch of the old stole. Uh, stone trolls um and a, a bunch of characters and i put all them together um and then god it really reminded me of how much hard work it is doing metal like pinning metal and filing metal oh, yeah. and just everything about working with metal is just harder um to be honest i can't stand anything other than plastic now like i've got the bits to do my resin like upgrades on my corridor yeah and I'm like, oh, I've got to heat them up to get them straight. And i got to wash them. And I'm like, no, I'll just do something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, Ridiculous. it's a bit of a blast from the past. Even weird stuff like the smell of filed metal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, they took ages, actually, the, the like the metal squig hoppers, getting around them, getting all the, the mould lines off. Um so it's a real joy when I got to the new ones. They are stunning, mate. Absolutely lovely. Yeah. I'm in love with them. There's so much character. Um, I think you were working on them when we were chatting the other day and just you were very excited about they're them. They're fantastic. I mean, like, some of the squig, the, the goblins aren't even sat on the squig hopper. They're just holding on by one hand. It's like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, I did the mangler squig today. Um, that is just superb. Like, actually superb. The person who constructed that is genius. It's fantastic. Have you put it completely together, or are you doing it? Yeah, um, I ha- I have put it completely together. Um, I'm going to airbrush it, I think, to get the bulk of the colour down, and then go back in with some glazes and highlights. Um, I've left the loon boss off the top, um, so I can paint him separately. Um, yeah. On a spike. On a nice. paint pot. Or something like yeah. that. I don't um, <laughs> and I was tinkering around with uh, what do they call them now? The old giant ale guzzler gargants. Um, fixed yeah. him up, ready to go because I got one of those. Well, when we had about sixty in the shop to sell. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I was convinced to get one and then model it. So um, he he's been broken over the last fifteen years, um, or however long he was been. And um, so I've put him together. God, it would be 10 years now, wouldn't it? Don't say that. Let's move on. It is 10 years. God, that is that makes me... I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so he got a bit smashed up in the in the process of life. And uh, so I mended him today, too. Um, then the fanatics. Oh, lo- just loads of stuff. My mum said today that she was going to um, to this person's wedding. And I was like, what? She's like 12, Mum. And she's like, no, Dan, she's 25 now. And I was like, no! <laughs> Weird. <laughs> well, 
Anyway, sorry. I just said, uh, just reading off the stuff. I mean, it's, none of it's interesting, really. To hear, you know, people don't like hearing about other people have built. It's, <laughs> it's not, is it? Well, we may as well stop now. <laughs> what I am thinking about is, so I'm going to be using. Oh, I'm sorry to lean a bit close to the mic there. I'm going to be using a new color. It's a squig orange. Um, I've never used it before. Never seen a need to. Um, so, in fact, I've just opened. Is that the base? Uh, no, it's a layer. So they ah. recommend uh, corn red, um, and then Drucci violet wash. All the best color schemes start with corn red. Uh-huh. Uh, Drucci violet, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then highlight it up with squig orange and something else. Um, so, and then just go over the top with just corn mm-hmm. red again. Be spot on. Be good. In fairness, a, a mangler squig is probably more corn than anything in the corn army. Yes, although I think corn is more focused aggression, where a mangler squig is just having a flipping crack in time and some people get squashed. Yeah. I'm going to get a, uh, a Skittles sound, like a 10-pin bowling sound on my phone. <laughs> every time it charges, I'm yeah. going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> or every time okay. I take models off. <laughs> Ace. <laughs> I am one of the reasons I'm putting them all together first is so I can start playing with them because I, I am really excited about using them. Um, I uh, I made my box of the new squig hoppers as the Boing Grots Bounders. Is that right? I don't know. Boing Grot Bounders, I think you called them yeah. when we were talking the other day. Um, the ones with lances. <laughs> They're just excellent. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so random. Um, I love the fact that they are, uh, the, the, how they become a bounder is by surviving one battle, just one. <laughs> then they give him a helmet <laughs> and a lance. <laughs> right. Well, you're obviously a veteran now. <laughs> so I love it. Uh, I can't wait. I've got so much I want to do though at the moment, painting wise. Um, the, outside of doing the armies, I know really feeling like spending a lot of time on individual models, but I I still don't feel that I've got the bulk of what I need to do done before I can do that. Like, yeah. for example, um, I really want to do the Shadespire Stormcast in non-metamotallics. Oh, yeah. But in the same colours as my actual... Um, ah, so, kind of yeah. like a bronze colour. Yeah. yeah. Um, a bit like how Richard Gray did uh, his Neve Black Tannin. Oh, well, you'll be able to pull that off, no problem. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will be looking at how he did it very closely, but um, I think it's more about the colours I'm going to use than anything else that's going to make it look bronzy rather than gold. But Corn red. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have, like, corn Tourette's. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I can't help myself. So talking about corn, you've done a lesser version of a fanatic. A wannabe corn fanatic. Yeah, wannabe corn. Well, I, I was looking back through my pictures to see what I'd actually done, and I've barely done anything. So I finished off the flesh hounds. So I think when we were last speaking, were I, had, yeah. I was just starting to base them. Yeah, that's right. So um, I, they're done. And I have painted Scar Bloodruff, I think he's called. Scar the Angry, I call him. Because he clearly is pretty annoyed, and um, that was quite cool. Because I've had him since Age of Sigmar came out. Because he came out 
When did he come out? He came out as part of the End Times. Yeah, because he would have come and... out with the uh, the other wannabe fanatics, wouldn't he? Yes, he came out with the other wannabe fanatics. And um, yeah, so I I bought him, and I think I've only ever used him in like one battle. And then I he's only 80 points, and I thought, oh, I know, I fancy painting him. Or actually, what I fancied doing was building him a bigger base, because he comes on this little rocky spire that he's leaping off. Yeah. That's about, I don't know, 15 mil high. And I was like, well, this is clearly insufficient. Um, So I made one that's like 40 mils high. Completely don't care about the fact that... um, It's just Matrix jumping off the... true line of sight, and he's just going to get shot. But (laughs) you just got to embrace it in Age of Sigma. I can't... I just get so angry that characters can just be shot that... I just now I'm just embracing it and I'm like, yeah, here I am, shoot me. Um, so yeah, so he's done. I've just actually, just after dinner this evening, I finished putting the blood for the blood god on him. Yeah. Um, so, but that's it. So I've actually only finished one complete model in the two weeks. So I've got to step it up a bit. Um, it's interesting actually. I, I find painting single miniatures, I get really frustrated because they seem to, I don't know. They, they still seem to take a bit of time, and at the end of it, I don't feel totally like satisfied because I haven't got like a big chunk to add to my army, unless it's like a big single miniature, like a tank or a bloodthirster. Yeah, um, but they take even longer. So, so I'd quite like to paint. I did even think about just painting ten Lord of the Rings orcs because I know I'll be able to knock them out quickly, and it'll give me that sense of satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to do a mixture of the sort of units you're doing as well. That's the mm. size and scale. I think, well, I know some armies are based entirely on, on one one kind of unit class, like infantry-based armies and monster-based armies. But I do think that it it is worth having, I don't know, a unit, unit character or something. Even if the character's like a squad sergeant, so you just slow down, take more time on it, practice those techniques that you've you know, watched somebody do on YouTube and you want to have a go at um, and then speed back up again and do your other units. And I think there's a knock-on effect from what you've learned with the character onto the models and uh, onto the units and then vice versa. Some of the things that you do on the units, I think, sort of come back and help you with the character. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I never do that. Well, no. I never do that. I just <laughs> get on and paint a thousand orcs or whatever and don't listen to my own advice, but there we are. Well, you did. You do all right. You got loads done last year, didn't you? Yeah, I I did. I'm just in. I'm in a bit of a hobby funk, actually. Um, as much as a hobby funk as I can have, really. Because um, I am assembling and doing stuff, but you know, I, I'm so easily distracted. Like the last two nights I've had off, um, and I've spent the whole night watching the Expanse. Which, if anyone isn't or hasn't watched the Expanse. Seriously, it's absolutely stunning. So it's <laughs> sci-fi at its best. Um, they've got like Martian Marines in with like the suits of power armor that are um, sort of a cross between Halo and 40k with like hand sort of underslung hand cannons, a bit like the aggressors. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Absolutely ace. Yeah. Right, so now we've informed everybody what to do instead of painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is, so 
you, so, you have a finite amount of time, don't you? And in life, yeah. And um, yes. <laughs> well, in I mean, in yes, your day to day, in your day to day as well, and it's so easy to. So I really like the thirty minutes a day, and we've we've actually started to call each other now to try and sort of sit and do the thirty minutes on the phone, so that we motivating each other to do it yeah. because I think this it's so easy at the moment for me to be distracted um, and just do, you know, something a lot less arduous um, than painting, which is just tough, man. Painting is like running a marathon. It's hard work. <laughs> I think <laughs> I tend to find this that you go through different stages, like you get that initial kind of excitement. But then if you are building a lot of things, then you get the kind of, oh, I just want to get onto the painting yeah. now. And then you're like, right, I'm going to paint it. And then you get the sort of, oh, I just want to get the base coats out of the way. You do that and you're like going for it. And then you get the worst bit for me, which is when you're like, it's done, but it's not done. So like, and, and then it just sits. Yeah. I can end up leaving it for ages because I think I'm pretty much like I'll get to the stage where all I need to do is like highlight the metal and put the blood on. And it part of my brain just switches into no, that's finished mode. Mm. And and so then I don't get it done. So, yeah, it, it is hard to keep up the motivation. I've struggled with the 30 minutes um, thing just because between sort of work and... um joshua and harriet's not been very well and it makes it hard to to fit yeah. it in um but you know and, and that's probably why i haven't got so much done over the last couple of weeks but I've still done something i suppose which is good um the other thing that i've done is made myself a magnetic tray um so i can store all my armies on the wall <laughs> as <I did>. Or, or so carry them around in events is what you mean. <laughs> yes, carry them around in events. So I'm going to this event soon at Big, and Jim's great. He provides trays, but obviously they're not magnetized. And I had a couple of sheets of, um, well, it's not steel paper. This stuff, it's like I don't know what it is, magnet basically. Um, and so I went onto Amazon and I bought a great big black tray. Uh, for about four quid, I think, and then stuck this stuff to it, and now, and it's pretty strong actually. Um, I have to be careful getting my models off it, I think. But the idea being, yeah, just so that I've got something to put them on for an event. It's an absolute tragedy when when uh, somebody drops their tray or you know, somebody bangs into them and all the models fall off. It, and I always worry about it happening to you, you know yourself so i think anything that you can do to make your life easier so you don't have to pack them all away in your precarry case and then get them all out again or um and at the same time feel confident that they're going to be safe i think it's well worth the effort yeah it's well worth the effort because you do not want to be that guy do you no even and it's always been awesome every time i've seen it happen um everyone in the club has chucked a couple of quid into a pot and you know a big i think they um even put some money in themselves to cover a little bit of the cost but it's it's, still, it's painted models you know you can't replace that kind of love and time very easily no, no you can't yeah. 
It's me getting sentimental there. Oh. But... So what are you doing next then? Are you nearly finished with your construction marathon? Are we going to see something painted? Uh, so I have got um, the dank hold troggoth to do, to put together. Yeah. Um, I've got the squig herd to put together. And I have the big building thing to put together. And the characters. But I probably won't put the characters together until I intend to build them. Uh, until I intend to paint them, sorry. Um, what I will probably do... Um, is build the Dankhold Trogoth, because I just want to build that, because he looks stunning, um, and then do the Squig Hoppers, actually paint yep. the Squig Hoppers, and I think I'll probably start with the old ones, because I can knock the old ones out fairly quickly, because, I mean, genuinely, looking at the difference in detail between the old ones and the new ones, it is, they are so far apart, it's, it's unreal. Um, in fact, there's some lost detail on the new ones. So, um, you know that little weird crabby thing that's like attached itself to the back of Stink Mullet. Yeah. Well, one of the trog, one of the squig, squigs has got one of those attached to its tongue. <laughs> and when you build them, you kind of, it's very clever. You, you build like the bodies out of two halves. Um, and then you build all the heads and then you can put any head on any body. But underneath the head, you put the kind of gullet thing. So you put the gullet on the on the um, body, and then you put the head over the top. So if there's five different bodies and five different heads, you know, there's a, a fair old number. I don't. I'm not going to try and do the maths because I'll embarrass myself. But there's a fair old number of combinations there. Um, I think there's even six heads because you've got like the, the leader's kind of armored head. Um, yeah, and. Uh, what I haven't checked, and I really ought to have done it when I was building them, is whether or not the heads of the squig herd fit on the bodies of the squig hoppers and vice versa. Because then you would have a, a monstrous amount of interchangeability. Um, but the gullet has got all of that detail on, like the crab as the tongue and the uvula hanging at the back and all of that stuff. Um, and really lovely sculpted palettes for the back of the mouth. Um you know, like the the ridges on the, you can't see ninety percent of it when you put the head on. <laughs> so it's almost like if I if you were if I was going to do a unit for Golden Demon, I would probably paint that bit first, um, and then put the head on, so the the detail was there and done. Yeah, but it's a, it's really quite impressive actually. There's so much going on in them. Um, so I I, I think the the new Squig Hoppers will probably take me. Uh, three or four times as long as the old ones. So I'm going to start with the old ones, mainly to get myself used to the the sort of tones I want to put onto the squigs, um, the colours I want to use, because I quite like to do them all slightly different as well. So yes. I don't want to have them all red. I might have some that are more brown and some that are more red, and maybe even some that are a bit kind of albino or something. Yeah, I like that. So I li- I do like the idea of squigs that are all different. Uh, so the same way that I paint skin all different, because, you know, I think it helps with the unit as well. Um, but keep them in the same palette. So maybe choose four or five base colors and, and highlight, highlight them by adding the same color. Yeah. Uh, you know, the same yeah, light yeah. color. So something like, um, uh, Rakarth flesh or something, or I don't know. Um, interesting. That's why I want to do the, that's why I want to do the older ones first. Um, I've also got to re- try and remember how I did the bases for my, my iron jaws. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a. In fact, I'm sure you've 
written that somewhere. I'm sure somebody asked. I, I'll have to go back and have a look. But this time I'll do it step by step on it because that's how I'm remembering how to do my own stuff, let alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very wise. So what are you planning on doing next? Well, um, I say I might do 10 Lord of the Rings Orcs or 8 Lord of the Rings oh, yeah, Orcs yeah, or yeah. something like that. Uh, but I've also got Harriet bought me a few years ago before Age of Sigma came out, I think. The Death Knell Watch, which is like the little octagonal tower thing. Oh, the big thing? No, not the giant one. Oh. It's um, a couple of stories and it's got skulls on it. Oh. But it's attached to a base. And, um, yeah, so I might paint that because I've got it. And I've, I've bought this um, some kind of plastic type basing stuff that I saw recommended online. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, so I thought I'd try that. What's it called? Like to make to make the base out of. Hang on, I'll look it up. But I ordered three mil thick, and they've sent me five mil thick, which is a bit of a shame, really. Because I don't want it five mil thick; it's a bit too, a bit too much, really. It's called PVC Foamex. Oh right, yeah. But it's not foam board. It's it's different. Like a really dense so, polystyrene, I suppose. Yeah. Oh okay, cool. Um, it was one of the dudes. Uh, that you shouted out last time that was using oh, it. Oh, Luke APS, yeah. No. Oh, okay. Not him. Um, or at least I don't think it was him. No, it wasn't. Well, you could put it anyway, up on the show notes. Anyway, this is, this is, uh, yeah, I was going to say, we'll probably stick that on the show notes because um, I'm being really helpful here. <laughs> my, no, no, it's not him. Don't know. Yeah, somebody. Somebody on YouTube because that narrows it right down. <laughs> <laughs> cool, right. So, I think that that is enough hobby rambling. Yeah. Um, let's see what we can get done over the next couple of weeks, and we will go into the Galaxy of War. <laughs> Welcome, mortals, to the galaxy that shall fall. <laughs> Dude. Nah. It is chaos time. Nah. The man is coming. Meh. Yeah, he is. Don't say meh at me. That obliterator is stunning. And that big walking spider beastie. Meh. Right, well, this is this is fascinating. That's fine. I shall say what I wish and it will be very much chaos-ified. So while you're just men, I'm just going to watch this amazing video in the background. <laughs> They have a good taste in music, don't they? <laughs> oh yes! I am so excited. So, some shizzle has been shown off, and it's beautiful, dude. Some random chaos lord. Random chaos lord. Abaddon is coming back. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've been living in a cave. Definitely. Uh, like my grots. Yeah, like your grots. So, um, the LVO had a whole bunch of awesome reveals at it. And amongst those, the majority, there was some cool Primaris stuff. That librarian is absolutely epic. Just fantastic. Well, it's, it, it's a new box set. So, um, oh my days, the name, I've literally just thought, got the name in my head and it's gone again. Shadow Strike or something. Shadow like Spear. That. Shadow Spear. Yeah. Um, Every model in it is brand new. So it's effectively a new starters kit, which is fabulous, really. And they look so good, dude. Yes. And there's been extra leaks since then as well. So um effectively what that is, is Sigma has opened a new... No, I'm sorry. Um Gilliman has opened a new um chamber. No. Gilliam, sorry, hang on, I'm getting confused here. Gilliman's opened a new chamber. <laughs> you are properly getting mixed up between game systems here, dude. <laughs> Accidentally on purpose, that of course. Is amazing. Um, so Gilliman has uh, has released his little wave of scouty Primaris. Is what the the gist of it is. Now, Gilliman, um, you can't solve every problem by simply opening the Emperor's throne room. The hell I can't! <laughs> More Primaris! Um, so we've got some of the best sniper models I've seen in a long time. Um, I love them. I absolutely love They're them. They're wonderful, aren't they? They're really, really yeah. good. They're really yeah. good. I we were talk- talking the other day um, to uh, Ross, and he asked, because they were talking at an event um, at Barb's, Somebody said, oh, why do they don't have sniper rifles have really such a poor AP? And I was like, it's because they're lasers that fire darts, effectively. Um, and he'd never, he'd never read that. So for those who don't know, the sniper rifles in the Imperium, apart from the Vindicare Assassin, uh, and this includes the ones used by the Rattlings and the, um, and the Astartes, is a laser that burns a hole in whatever. And then it fires a dart, like a crystalline dart, in that um, poisons them effectively outright. And um, but those rifles look like extended, barreled, stalker pattern bolt rifles, so they might be a completely new beast. Mm. They look, which would be wicked, (laughs) because if they are like long range AP minus two, that would be stunning really useful on the battlefield um we've got the librarian and from artwork we haven't seen models yet we've got what looks like a a kind of new reaver-esque so in the reaver kind of quieter armor with a normal more normal looking helmet um kind of a scouty looking trooper um and then a few days ago it was just pointed out to me today by simon that um there's an artwork video i missed it i don't know why i missed it but and it's a dude with grav stuff on, and he's got like an like a underslung sort of autocannon heresy era style. Oh yes, I'm hoping they do a model of. If you look at the artwork piece with the ultramarines and the chaos, there's a dead space marine at the front there with like a big hole in his chest. They need to model him. Definitely. Right. So I was going to move on to the chaos just then and and say how awesome they are, but I think. 
They don't deserve it because you don't deserve it. All right, well, that's fine. I'll cover it off. So. Okay. Um, you can do the chaos half then. The chaos are awesome. So we got, uh, so we got to look at some cool stuff. So we'd already seen, I can't remember from where, maybe it was one of the open days, New Year's open day, I think, actually, the master of possession, who, um, is the guy with the all Catherine the fire. Will. Uh, like definitely, I think, to be honest, risk assessment wise, it's going to be up there. As um, <laughs> yeah. as a big a do big, not allow near risk. curtains. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to be a slanesh dude, would he? With like all the sporific musk and the the drapes <laughs> and stuff. So so there's him, um, which people have taken along with a couple of the rumor things and a picture on the front to mean we're going to see new possessed um, and have cool new rules for possessed which is nice and then the legionaries so um they look immense really really nice chaos space marines and they actually don't look so they look a bit more like they've been in the warp for ages and gradually gained all that stuff rather than just like imperial space marines with a bit slapped on yeah i know exactly what you mean like they look like they've in They've lavished attention onto their armor. Yeah. The Black Legion. Like the edging is just, it's sleek and sinister and is a design in its own right rather than, oh, I'll just stick some horns on my helmet. Yep. Um, then there's the Obliterator. So that yeah. is absolutely outrageously amazing and exactly what an Obliterator should be. It's actually interesting. I will try and find for the show notes. I'm sure I'll be able to. The first, the third, from third edition 40k, the first obliterator. <laughs> um, yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> that is so bad. <laughs> well, and then there was the middle obliterators, and then there was the it, current ones, I think. I think. I don't know. But anyway, this one, fantastic. Do you think it's, uh, I mean, it's difficult to tell scale with this yeah, one. Yeah, it is around, actually. But... I'd taken it to be massive, but it might, it might not, it might. Oh, I don't know. I reckon it is going to be pretty big. Well, it would be a different way, of, different way of doing it, rather than having them uh, as a unit of three, which is what they were traditionally, um, and going for like a, a bigger thing that was more like a dreadnought. But then I would like to see them as a sort of a unit of three. I think that would be cooler. Mm. So, mm. like the Am robots, mm. Am bots, Am bots. So, and then the Venom Crawler. That is so cool. That is right out of your nightmares, isn't it? Yep. It's so chaos. Yeah, it's like a cross between a spider and a scorpion and everything that's wrong with both of them. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just terrifying. And that's not even everything in the box. And then... No. So that's all of that. And then... And then... We'll just skip past this sister about, even though she's lovely. But... Not enough. Not enough. Well, we've spikes. got some. Before you move on, but we have had this stupid demon engine thing rather than. Hang on, I haven't engine. finished yet. All right, come. We down. haven't spoken about the man, the dead Primaris Lieutenant. <laughs> when I watched that video, I was at work, and it was funny because the LVO stuff was up, and I couldn't look at it because I had to do a conference call. And I think you and I, I'd certainly Ben Chambers were like messaging me and saying, this is amazing. And I was like, stop it. I've got to do this. I did this conference call and it, and I shut the door to the office and I sat down 
And I went down for it and I was getting more excited. And then I scrolled to the bottom and I watched that video, mate, and I just lost my shit. <laughs> totally. And the people were looking in and were like, what is Dan doing? And I'm like, oh, oh, my goodness. It was, yeah. Yeah. I was so excited. I'm so happy. Um, totally going to be doing a Black Legion army. Um, yeah. Got to do a Black Legion army now. I think it's time to do something a bit different. Um going to have a think about how I'm going to do the banding and stuff because I'd quite like to try and cut down the number of stages so I'd quite like to do it in a way where I can put a colour on, wash it and then just do a single edge highlight um, yeah. for speed um, so um, Mini Arkel tried to do a um, I didn't try, he did a very good job of doing an heavy metal black legionary mm-hmm. and the way that heavy metal do it is they use the well, I don't know how they do it but the way he interpreted how they did it um, was the, oh, I've forgotten the name of the gold that's quite bright um, the new white top one um, uh, re- 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 Retributor armor or Liberator gold it, Liberator gold I think it is yeah the brighter one because um, their gold is quite pale and then he washed, um, I think it was scorched brown or something like, or whatever scorched brown is now, um, it, into around the, uh, rivets. All right. So you've got like tone and tonal radiation along it, uh, and then edge highlighted it. Um, so that might be worth looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because actually, you know, if you really, to get banded looking really nice, I think it takes quite a lot of effort. I think anyway, because, because it's, it's often quite um, I mean, with the Black Legionaries, it's it's a dominant part of the model, yes. a huge part of the model. Yeah. Um, and if it's not done well, whereas with the corn, you can get away with it not looking perfect in some ways because you you're spending your time on the red as well. But with the black, you could almost leave the black black and get the banding done well, and it would all look great. Mm. Yeah. So you were going to say about the Demon Engine. Yes, so there's loads of lovely little snippets of, of Black Legion stuff in there. Like heavy bolters and backpacks and goodness knows what. I'm really excited for them, actually, because I think, I think it's a high time we had some new Chaos Marines. And of course, they're not just Black Legion, they're whatever you want them to be. Yeah. Um, they are the new basic Chaos Space Marine. I mean, let's not forget that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm so excited by how they look because it had, the old ones had fallen well into the past, hadn't they? Yeah. They were they were a dying kit. Um so yeah, I'm really excited to see that box. I'm I'm still expecting there to be a, a space marine vehicle in there. Yeah. At the moment I'm still thinking land speeder, but could be anything. Could be anything. Oh, talking about vehicles, dude. So, um Necron Invasion, the book, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's the new one for kids. It's cracking, actually. I, I read it this morning, or the first. You got the sample books they were handing out. Um, and the primary, well, the space marines come down to, you know, like, stop the invasion or try and stop the invasion or give the 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 uh, inhabitants of this hive city at least a fighting chance of getting off the planet. Um, and there's a piece of artwork, and it's a drop pod that lands. And what's coming out of the drop pod? No. Yes, 
yes, it's Primaris, mate, <laughs> coming out of a drop pod. I was like, no, that, that is not allowed. You are teaching them bad habits. <laughs> that is awesome, mate. I know. I'm going to put that picture on the show notes because um, it, it might be the first sign that we're getting a Primaris drop pod at some point in the not-so-distant future. But um, you heard it here first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It made sense as well. They didn't bang their heads on the way out or trip over the, the access ramp. It was, you know, they disembarked and beat the snot out of Necrons, just like a good space marine should do coming out of a drop pod. Wow, of course. That is excellent news. <laughs> so, um, so there we go. There was also, there's also been the New York Toy Fair. Yes. So have you, you've had a look, haven't you? There's the... Oh, yes. <laughs> or them. Oh, these things are weird, aren't they? Don't you find these, like... I I kind of knew the LVO was coming, because it happened last year, but I don't remember the Toy Fair. No, but I think Games Workshop are interacting with more and more each year, aren't they? Yeah. But, I mean, what we ended up with was was a whole bunch of stuff that we hadn't seen anything of at all. So, it was brilliant. So, like, two weeks on the trot, we were treated. So, um, the... The 40k release, so, so effectively it was box games. That was the theme of the event. Um, so they've been showcasing their box games and we'll talk about a couple of other of them in the next section. But for 40k, there is a sort of, uh, a pre, um, Blackstone Fortress kind of prequel box uh, called Combat Zone or Combat Arena or something like that. Um, and in it are five absolute corkers of models. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so we have uh, a Crusader, which when I saw it, uh, I practically jumped out of bed. Joe was not happy because I woke her up. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, look at that. Um, <laughs> there's a superb, I think she's a rogue trader. I'm going to say rogue trader um, with a with a peg leg, like a spiked peg leg and a servitor loading her gun like a service skull loading her six shooter. I love that. It's good, I absolutely isn't it? love that. I've got this image of like sort of 40k gunslingers with like servo skulls buzzing around them, sort of feeding them new guns while they're in the middle of a gunfight. So here, have your gun back here. So good. Um, reloaded, of course. And, uh, there's a servitor and it's the best servitor they've ever done. Oh, easily. It's, it's so good. It's so, like, grim, dark, and, and for the first time, genuinely a bit sinister. Mm. Like, you would not want to be in a dark alley with it. Whereas the other ones looked a little bit kind of meh. I think they painted it really nicely as well. They have, yeah. Sort of um, and then we've, we've got a, um, primary psyker. Um, not a primary space marine psyker. Uh, like a, Imperial Guard one. And the last thing is an Admech, um, which is very nice too. Um, so it's just a cracking set of models. And um, I think that that box set will sell like hotcakes just for its content, just for its models yep. over everything else. Um, well, and it's important to note that if it does use, and it appears to because the, the inserts look exactly the same, if it uses a sort of mechanic that Gore Chosen did. That is a cracking good little fun game to play. It really is, yeah. So yeah. 
And th- those models are going to be available in Blackstone Fortress. It very clearly says that as well. So they'll be char- they will be characters you can use in Blackstone Fortress. Mm. Um, I don't know whether the cards come in the box or whether that's something that will come out in the future. I don't, I don't know, but they they are designed to be characters that will go into Blackstone Fortress. Um, Excellent. So it's a great little box, and, and alongside the Amble being released, yes. Um, so it's an add-on box. I was very surprised to see it was a box, um, which is really good actually because it feels like an add-on to the game. It's got its room card in there, it's like a tile floor tile. It's got the Amble. It's got a whole bunch of cards and stuff to add the dynamic in as well. So have you um, have um, you heard anything about it? Not details other than what I've just said. No, because I was talking to Chris today, um, and. He was telling me that apparently there's like a little story to it, and the amble was trapped um, and raised by a, a Magos biologist. But the Magos biologist was like, and his little team went were on the Blackstone Fortress, and he got fed up of trying to find his way around the Blackstone Fortress because it, it obviously shifts and changes. And he thought yep. he'd just let the amble out because it would bury its like burrow its way down to the center like drawn to the power um, moment. Yeah. And then shortly after he let the amble out, all contact with his team was lost. <laughs> 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 but um, the guys out on precipice are freaking out because they've seen some larvae and they're like, Oh no, this is going to be bad. But the box also adds the like workstation of the Magos biologist, which is it like sits alongside precipice. So it adds another location you can visit when you go back to rearm and stuff. Ace. Fantastic. So yeah, sounds really good. And I suppose last but not least from release wise is um, they've announced that heroes, Spaceman heroes two is going to be available. You forgot Um, the Funko pops, dude. Oh, yeah, but we've already spoken about those. Have we? Yeah. Okay. The Space Marine Funko Pops. They're happening. They're going to have them all in my office. Yeah. I I sent to Ben Chambers when I saw they were announcing them. I said, look cool, not my thing. Relieved I'm not going to have to spend any money. Then I saw the actual ones, like the proper pictures of them, and I was like, damn it, now I'm going to have to spend my money. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> they are cool. I like the Space Wolf one. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I might get it yeah. and then like repaint the like beardy bits to be black and then it'll just be like you, but on my desk. <laughs> <Be ace. laughs> Amazing. I can't wait till yeah. they do a Corn Berserker one. Which will happen. Oh, yeah. I think Corn Berserkers have got enough of like a cartoony silliness about them to fit the Funko thing anyway. Yeah. So. I'm not. I'm not sure, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, they have. Um. So yes, Space Marine Heroes Two has been announced. It's going to be available in the rest of the world because currently it's only in Japan. They are the Terminators, and they've some nice ones in there. I've seen the pictures from Japan, so I'd be quite excited to try and get my hands on the set of those. And yeah. um, there's command ones, like ones with a banner and all sorts in there. So. Um. And also on top of that, they've announced. Space Moon Heroes 3, which I wonder if they're not just going to release worldwide, straight off the bat, rather than start in Japan, but we'll see. What's going to be in that one? Did it say? No, it doesn't say at all. I'm thinking Primaris, if I'm being honest, dude. I mean, that would make sense, but um don't know. I think they're, it's a nice idea, like little cool 
special squads of stuff. You know. Yeah. So I think, is that everything? Have we covered everything? I think so. Probably not. But it's enough to keep people excited. It is. For now. It also throws a huge spanner in, like, I really want to get Blackstone Fortress done now. Like, so much. Mm -hmm. Because, and it's really throwing a spanner in my works. In fact, I might actually send a message to Chris and find out if he is planning to get the Amble expansion. Because if he isn't, I might get it. Because he's got Blackstone. Well, while you're doing that, let's uh, get some refreshments and head on into the the mortal realms. (laughs) Hi guys, and welcome to the stinking, festering dark places of the mortal realms, where mushroom grows out your ears and puddles turn into slime <laughs> otherwise known as my hobby room <laughs> yeah <laughs> does that make you a dank old trog off oh yes no no thanks dude <laughs> that's all right <laughs> <laughs> i love them that, oh, that model i there's lots about it that i hadn't noticed from the pictures like the boss thing is looking at a spider hanging from his club. Is he? Yeah, love it. Brilliant. Stupendous. So, um, I have got much to talk about extra from because I haven't read any more of the Gloom Spider Gits book, but, um, and you've heard my ramblings so far about building them. Um, I think we'll start today with your games because i'm really excited by what you've been up to you've you've got old fire um uh yeah so um haven't you just yeah yeah we've only played um one game from firestorm so since last time i played a couple of times um i'm preparing for the thousand point tournament so i've played um oh i think i've played twice actually yeah yeah, we've played two. I've played two games in preparation for that, and it's, I've had a win and a loss um, mm-hmm. get, against Dan. The first time he took pure Wanderers, and the second time he he took a mixed order force. Yeah, um, yeah. both really interesting games. Uh, both came right down to the wire, turn five, um, and I think I spent about ten minutes just staring at the table in the hero phase of my last turn, trying to work out what I wanted to do. Um, and ironically, I came up with a plan, and then my blood letters scuppered it by overperforming. <laughs> killed too much stuff, and there was only two of them, and they killed three things. And I thought, oh, thanks, dudes. But is that the one anyway. where they were all on the way to the pub? No, no, no. That was from the Firestorm campaign. Um, epic fail in that that second game, though, because I took Scar. He died on the first turn, and then I completely forgot that you can bring him back to life. Mm. Um, so anyway, that's a learning point. Uh, but good game. Dan played so well, especially right at the end with his... He had some of the Kinnerai heart renders, I think. Yeah. And they are mean, dude. They came swooping in and uh, promptly javelined my bloodthirster to death. Um 
but then his positioning with them was was superb for capturing objectives because when you when you want to contest an objective you can't the same model can't contest more than one objective but it's done by model not by unit so you can have a a unit spread between two and have 50% of them counting towards one objective and 50% towards the other mm-hmm. um which is what he did so that worked well so yeah that was really good but i know you really want to hear about the campaign so no we... i don't I, I think there's some interesting things to pull out of that I mean, one of the things i've started to look at doing with my armies is is create a um a laminated piece of paper with like a a checklist on it of things yep. to do in the hero cheat phase sheet. yeah cheat sheet so that in your for example in your case in your army you could be i would have put is scar dead as, yes. a, as a reminder um because if it is then you need to do something about it um so i think you know that's, i think that's it, there's some learning points there definitely yeah, well, I, I'm putting together, I, I ordered off Amazon an A5, um, display book, which, yeah. so it's got all the pockets inside. Um, and it fits quite well. The, they're a little bit small, but that's a good thing. The war scroll cards. Yeah. Um, and if you put them back to back, you can fit two in one pocket. And it's just a little bit more convenient way than having them all spread out all over the place. Yeah. Um yeah. and I'm also putting things in there like the scenery table. Um Yeah, because I, I never remember that. I can never remember to yeah. find it. Yeah, me too. Um and Yeah, so I put the scenery table I'm putting the scenery table in there. Um and a few other bits and bobs that I need to remember that the are items. So basically I'll have everything in this reference. And then, obviously, I'll take the books with me so that if anyone's like, oh, actually, I want to see the original, that's fine. Um, Don't mind that. But it just means I can have it all to hand because what I cannot stand is when the table becomes just a mess of books and stuff. Yeah. And it does, inevitably. Um, The nice thing about playing a 1,000 points is it's typically on a four by four, so you get a little bit of space to put your stuff. Um, Which is interestingly why Titanicus is recommended on a four by four. Yeah, yeah, for that very reason, because you have all the unit cards. Um, so, yeah. So then, um, we decided. Well, I, I Dan mentioned the other day he quite fancied doing the firestorm campaign and then i was lying in bed thinking about the firestorm campaign and i thought well why don't we just do it rather than umming and iron over it so i went and got it out um realized it was actually quite clever and quite simple and because tom and ben chambers have started putting together an army now there's actually four of us so yeah. we were like, right, well, let's play this then because it's four person. It's really clever, dude. So it uses these things called domain cards. So you start the game with eight domain cards in your deck. And then, sorry, you start the campaign with eight domain cards in your deck. And then you agree with another player that you're going to play a game and where you're going to fight over. And if you can't agree, you roll off. 
And then before the battle, you draw six of your eight domain cards at random. Yeah. And they have a number of different things on. So they have um, muster points and glory points and strategy points and possibly build points on some of them. Uh, And essentially what you do is you go, right, how many muster points have I got? So you add them all up. So, for example, when I played Dan, I had 12 12 muster points. Um, Dan added up all of his, and he had 13. And then you times that by the number that you agree with your opponent as you want them to count as to work out the size of the battle. So for Dan and I, because we've got lots of stuff, we were like, right, well, each muster point could be 100 points. So I had... A twelve hundred point army and Dan had thirteen hundred points. Yeah. Um. But like Ben and Tom, because they've only just started, they had the similar situation where they both drew twelve, but they decided each would be worth fifty points because then the game's only six hundred points. Yeah. But the the point being, it doesn't matter. It can change between battles, but it yeah. still represents where you are in the campaign. It just means that people with smaller or larger forces can play. And I thought that was excellent. That's very um, clever, isn't it? Really good. And then, as the game goes on, there are opportunities to upgrade, exchange, or add to your card deck. Thus meaning, like, for example, I think there's one in there which is like a muster field, right? And that's worth D3 glory points. And that can be upgraded to like a barracks. And that's worth four muster points. And it keeps going up to there's one that's worth like just a flat eight. Um, And then the strategy points can be used on strategies uh, or stratagem type things, which are listed in the campaign book. Um, The build points allow you to garrison places, which give you um, extra muster points if you're fighting near them. Um, and the glory points is how the campaign is is worked out. Um, so yeah, I think the mechanic for the campaign is really really cool. Um, each person's got their own little envelope with their little cards in and everything. Oh, and you have a secret objective that you've got to try and achieve as well, um, which gives Ooh, you more I, glory. So I that's like good. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's cool. And the the background's pretty ace as well, the Flame Scar Plateau. So it's the uh the ancient realm of the uh what are they called? The Al Algaroxy or something like that. Um and they were a majocracy which ruled over this area and they had a big floating city that they floated around on magic and they created these colossi called um in a place called the Titan Works. And they did all their like bidding and they trapped the Fulminax, which is a sort of a, a god beast slash elemental of fire under this mountain and used its power to power the Prismaticon, which are like a load of massive, uh, lampposts, I suppose, <laughs> huge lamppost <laughs> things with like crystals on and the, they they had these oh, the infinity gears, which helped them calculate how to use this prismaticon to focus the power of the realm of Akshi as like a laser beam. 
and they could literally work out how to laser through um, different realm gates and laser things in other realms and stuff. Um, so Korn got a bit annoyed with their hubris and he was like, right, well, that's enough of that. So he summoned a huge demon legion to go and lay waste to them. And um, they lasered it. <laughs> they just hit it with a laser and destroyed it. And so in his rage, he punched their sky city out of the sky and smashed it. <laughs> what Corn did? Yeah. <laughs> it's so unusual himself. for him to actually get off his throne and do anything. Yeah, So that and that destroyed them and they were wiped out. And that, so that was like ages and ages ago. And now, um, there's loads of armies fighting over to try and gain, gain the, uh, control of these ancient artifacts. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the cool. campaign. So that's the little campaign. Um, I love the way it works. So we're just gonna, we've actually, <laughs> it says the first thing you should do is agree how long you want your campaign to run for. Six weeks, eight weeks, blah, blah. We've agreed we're gonna play until the first baby arrives. Um, oh right, yeah. Because uh, Ben and I both got them on the way, so. But it's nice. It's cool. Ben's got a game against Tom. His Ben's going to play his game against Tom on Tuesday. Um, I need to play another thousand points really and try and hone my skills. My list has changed. My thousand point list. I think yeah, the last but... time we were speaking, I said it was going to be uh, more flesh hound base. Yeah, yeah. You've gone for more of the. The uh, spinny deeds now, haven't you? Yeah, well, I decided to put some Wrathmongers in because they're quite cool because you often see a lot of monsters and if you kill a Wrathmonger, I can select a model that's attacked them to attack itself or its own unit. Mm. So that can be quite effective against monsters. But what I found is the whole army is I'm struggling a bit because it's a bit... without. Without support characters, it's a bit naff. There's a lot of needing fours, then fours. Yeah. Um, or threes, then fours. And that swiftly goes from a lot of dice to a very small amount of wounds. Um, but hey ho. I'm thinking that. Well, we'll F- see. We'll fours, see then fours is what most people roll, dude. So you're not going to hear a overwhelming cry of sympathy from everyone no 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 but we're not taught you know that's fine but we're talking about i'm going to an event um which is is for fun obviously but also it's not a narrative event it's an event to try and win games so i'm i'm not sure whether i should put something else in that buffs those units uh, yeah, well, what effective. would you drop out? Would you drop? Well, that's that's the problem, isn't it? That's always the issue. Because at less, the moment, I'm blood, quite pleased because I've got the pardon. You can have less bloodletters. <laughs> yeah, Dan says that, but I don't know. Maybe. You've but anyway, got a, you've got a bloodletter thing, dude. It's it's your army is always like a massive blob of bloodletters. <laughs> well, I've only got thirty-two painted. I've got another thirty in a box that are red. Ready to like do all the paint brushwork on. Uh huh. So, so I need only sixty four. You know. So I want to do those really. Maybe so I'll you can do have those. An even bigger blob of blood letters, which is just yeah. going the opposite direction from where I was intended. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I, I've um I've actually managed to convince a couple of the guys down here to start um 
because I was inspired by you guys getting started to start a Firestorm Plateau campaign. So, uh, oh, brilliant! Yeah, it was. I I said I'd sort out the um, urban conquest campaign for them if they played in a Firestorm Plateau campaign. <laughs> so, it, I it might be um, just me and Ross to start with, but I'm sure I can convince other people. I think I'm going to paint my blood letters next. Really? Yeah, I've just got excited talking about them. Uh-huh. And it'll bulk out the army. Do you know what I've not done? And I will do it when I... Because I'm going to... Going off on a complete tangent now. Because I'm going to do all the snow and stuff on my army for when we go up to Warhammer World. Yep. On the other... On the 40k side. I've never put it... Uh, well, not for a long time, probably three years. Put it all on the table, just to see it all. What you have to do that? The Age of Sigma, so both or... together. Hmm. Too far, too much corn for one table to take. I think. Nah. So, um, releases. Let's uh, let's go through some releases because corn. <laughs> You really genuinely have cool. Dude, Tourette's, I have dude. been spoiled, haven't I? I have you been, been spoiled. Ridiculous. There's an axe cutting through reality. Yeah. I, I think that was a reference to the endless spells. But um, was... They are not endless spells. They are manifestations of Corn's wrath. Okay. Um, so Dan has got himself a new army tome. But no, I never saw that coming. Well. Yeah. It, I think, obviously, I'm in some corn groups, would you believe? And the feeling <laughs> was it was going to be on the table because there's a number of FAQs and things that are a bit different and there are rules that are different in Wrath and Rapture. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it needed one right away. There are other things that could have one. Um, but it's nice to... Nice to see it. It's different. It's got the rather nice piece of artwork on the front of um, Corgus Cole. Yep. Or um, <sighs> something of corn. I can't remember what the other word name for it is. <laughs> something of corn. <laughs> Mighty Lord of Corn. That's what it is. It's either Skull, Mighty, or Blood in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I might have to swap my Primaris picture that's on my wall for the corn one that I've got. Uh Uh-huh. Because I can't fit them both on the wall, you see. Yeah. Um, So you've got uh, Dice, a new army tome, and... Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. We've not seen Dice yet. Oh, haven't we? Oh, no, you were just banging on about you might get them. That's right. Yeah. So I was banging on. Thanks, dude. Right. You're welcome. So we've got, I have got Skull Taker. Yes, yep, he yep. He looks great. And he, do you know what he needs? He needs some blood letters to lead. Yeah. So you I better, better be doing them. Yeah. So you're back to your old tricks painting just endless amounts of corn. Oh, I know, it's bad, isn't it? Yes. I need to paint something different. I painted the Flesh Hounds and I was like, right, that's my corn unit, do something different. And then I was like, oh no, I seem to be painting Scar Blood Wrath. How's this happened? <laughs> um, so anyway, there's him. 
The reason I'm a little I'm a little bit concerned because I really want corn dice, right? Yeah. But they didn't do flesh eater quartz dice. Um, now, they've done dice for everything else, but they didn't do them for flesh eater quartz. They got a new Maybe book. that's because they made them out of flesh and they were like, No, you can't have that. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were a bit grim. Um yeah. too grim. They they did get an army book, didn't they? Flesh eater quartz. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So. There's loads of other stuff we could talk about, but I think we should focus on corn. So uh, We're done with corn. There is other stuff. No, we, we aren't. We haven't actually got on to talking about this phenomenon yet. What phenomenon? The corn phenomenon. The endless spells, dude. No, no. Endless spells. They Manifestations have of corn's wrath. Oh, yawn. Go on, then. Corn Let's doesn't hit. have magic. Oh, they're just really nice. I think... Um, the giant corn skimble is going to be able to be used for loads of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. One one of them is basically a piece of terrain. Yeah. Which is quite cool. I love the axe cutting through, like, the... Oh, yes. <laughs> and the skull. I just like them all. Yeah. yeah I was well... genuinely, like, it's funny because... What was it? What's gone on pre-order today? Uh... I can't remember. The Amble, wasn't it? That's it. So on Sunday last week, the Amble was announced. Now the Amble, that, to all intents and purposes, is a fantastic release. We talked about it in, obviously, in Galaxy of War. And yep. it's, you know, it's a reimagining of something from ages ago. Really fantastic to see. I was absolutely gutted. Because <laughs> I wanted it to be core. And I know they'd only just been previewed, but. Yeah, you're going to have to wait a few weeks, I think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, I, just long enough expect- to paint 30 blood letters, in fact. Are you expecting any huge changes in the rules or just a kind of tidying up? Just the tidying up, I think. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what they do with. Because the Gore Pilgrims, combined with the Banner, um, Banner Man dude, Blood Secretor, yep. has been quite a popular choice. Uh, almost to, it's very rare, apart from maybe Council of Blood, which is the one with all the bloodthirsters, it's very rare to see anything else in competitive play. Oh, so yeah. I'm imagining, imagining, imagining that we'll see a change there. I think the Blood Secretor will move to a wholly within ability. Um, yeah, because that gets ridiculous. Yeah, and, and actually, I was... What was I watching it on? I think it might have been the new Stormcast. Not the latest one, but a, an episode of the Stormcast. And they were talking about why they're starting to bring that... What You know, the, the idea is, is not to have these big, strung-out units, because it doesn't... That's not visually what they were looking for. No, it um, doesn't... It does look odd. It was one of the first things I noticed about Age of Sigma, actually, is that when people were playing in tournaments, they had loads of, like weird lines rather than unit blobs um, yeah and I can understand there being like a skirmish line in front of an army with unit blobs behind it um, that would in fact look very cool and realistic but it was just long lines of everything and it looked a bit odd so I'm glad they're moving away from it really yeah yeah so I think we'll see that change which is fine um I think that you'll get some tidying up. So, like, at the moment, the Blood Crushers, which is the ones with 
the blood letters on the back, their juggernauts have different rules to the skull crushers, which is the ones with the mortals on the back. Yeah. And the like hero versions of them both. Yeah. So like the hero blood letter on juggernaut has different rules when charging than the other ones. So they'll sort all of that out, I'm sure. Um, yeah, be really exciting. Yeah, I I think so. Um, yeah. So we have done quite a lot on corn when there is quite a lot else to talk about. Um, that has now completely escaped me because I'm. Yes, yeah, so uh, the Skaven have got themselves a new book, which is quite cool. Um, it's pulled together a lot of. There seems to be a lot of pulling together at the moment of the different factions to create a a larger faction book. Like the the Skaven are now the Skaven. Then you've got rules for all the different sorts of Skaven in there. Um, the goblins, the trogus, um, the spider goblins, all of that lot. Uh, they've all come into the gloom, gloom spy gits. So, um, rather than seeing more division, I think this next phase of Age of Sigma is going to be about putting things together and mm. uh, tidying up. Um, so we've got the Skaven. I love their dice. Going yep, back to dice. They are by far and away the best themed ones I've seen in a long time. Uh, sorry. They act- squig dice? No. Yes. The squig dice were very funny, but yeah. you wouldn't use them in a game. Says who? You speak for yourself, Chaos Boy. Fine. You gonna... use them then. And when it takes you flipping ages just to work out because some of the little dots have worn off or something, ah. you just enjoy yourself. I will. Remember, I'll... dude, you're getting on a bit and your eyes will start failing. Those squig dice no good. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're good to have around to throw at you. Um, yeah, all right, fair enough. I'd rather have them thrown at me because they bounce off, won't they? So we've got the the Skaven and the the um, Flesh Eater Courts. I don't know anything about how the rules have changed for those at all. Um, I love that box set though. Yeah, um, it's good, isn't it? I like the the difference in the the sorts of armies they've put in. It's really cool to see a Skaven army based on the big models. Um, so that's quite, that's quite cool. But it's. It, I think the a... nor holes are great, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. It's um. There's a lot of Age of Sigma battle terms coming out. It feels like a real push. Um, like I said, to tidy everything up, bring things together, get the older ones up to date. I don't know if that's a feeling that you have. Yeah. Um, there does seem to be a lot of them coming out. Um, I th- I think basically uh, we've said this a few times, but what you're seeing now is we each sort of game system is getting it is almost completely. It's got its own focus, so you don't have like oh this month's forty k, this month's Age of Sigmar as much. Yeah, it's just both. It's coming just out all once. going on. I tell you what. The um, the the sort of dead cadaver type horses are a bit freaky, aren't they? Yes, <laughs> yes I'm not as keen on their piece of scenery, although no? I haven't seen it in the flesh. I just think it's probably of the themed scenery. For me, it's the weakest at the moment, but that might change. You know, once you see it in the flesh, I think. 
a lot of them are going. The scenery is coming from strength to strength. To be honest, when you think about the first one, oh really, yeah, was that Nurgle tree? Um, and then you got to have the boat, and I think the Gloomspire Gits one is superb. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for those. Um, and then to wrap off the section, we have um at the New York Toy Fair, we had. Uh, a preview of a new game, which I'm not really sure. I I think it'd be easier to describe it as a proper board game. It doesn't seem to be any models involved. Um, which one is this? Because Chris said to me about that, but I am I can't see one where there's no models in it. Well, hang on. Let me just um, let me just find it. Do you mean Storm Vault? Yeah. There is models in that. No, 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 not Storm Vault. Hang on. Storm Vault is a re a stripped down version of um Underworlds, so No, that's Dreadfane. Oh okay. So uh, yeah, Storm Vault then. Hang on, let me just bring it up. Yeah, no. Yeah, Storm Vault. There's more. I had. I didn't see models in that. Oh, cracker! There is right in the corner. Yeah, no. Apologise. Yeah. They just sort of blended into the board. Oh yes. look! It's like all the realms. That board. That's yes. Ace. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what that is. Oh, some honest. of that art is from those little roundels. Some of the art in there is from the Firestorm campaign book. Is it? Goodness me! It looks like it takes some setting up. What's all them cards? Oh well, I'll I don't that. know. That'd be a good game. That might better get Harriet to play that with me. That'd be ace. Yeah, so that's that's quite an interesting thing. I'm not really sure what to make of that. I think that's going to be, um, I think that's going to be one to play and see how it works out. But um, Dreadfane, um, I really don't know what to make of Dreadfane, dude. Um, I don't see the point, and I do see the point, and I, what well, I just don't get it. Uh, I mean, how stripped down is it going to be? Um, are, are they going to have like Dreadfane? Comp- I don't know. It it just it's an odd one. I didn't see it coming. Um, I think it's going to be one to play um, and see how the rules fare. I don't know. I think it would be interesting to find out what Marcus's views were. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see what Marcus's views are. And the guys at Curtain as well. The, you know, the people yes, running the... Yeah, actually, yeah. It might be cool to get in touch with Rob and see. Because I don't really... I have... I have well, you've said before. we. I've made the decision not to get Keep involved up. properly with, with that game. Because... Um, just because you, you, you have to keep on top of it. It's a yeah. bit like when you start doing the lottery, right? Yes. If you ever do anything other than just get a lucky dip, you, you'll you never stop because you yeah. can't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It would be interesting to find the views of someone that knows a bit more. I agree, because at the moment, I think um, I'm not sure what place it's got, but other than to get younger players or new players into the into that, into the hobby, a new way in, I suppose. I don't know. Um, but then I don't find the rules for Shadespire all that complicated straight out of the box. 
it only gets complicated when you add in all of the other stuff. Yeah. But then, I don't know. Like I said, let's play the let's let's play it, see what it plays. I'll ask the people who do play it a lot, and and um, we'll get back to everyone on that. I think. So I think that draws our Mortal Realms segment to a close, dude. Yes, I think it does, dude. Rather full one, and hopefully we'll be again next week because uh, I'm sure I'll get some more games in between now and then, and you'll hopefully get some painting done on your. Well, I'd like to play a game with my goblins over the next fortnight as well. Well, um, I'm sure we will get a game in in March when it comes along. I know it's a little while away yet, but... Yeah. All right, guys, we'll see you in the community. Hi community, I'm Dan, and I've been oppressed by my co-host Ben into talking in a really quiet and not excited way. I am sorry for this. What on earth How is happening? How are you, Ben? <laughs> Hail <laughs> to the community! That's more like it. Only joking. <laughs> So, hopefully, people are actually even listening uh, this far and haven't just turned it off. Um, that would be a bit of a fail. <laughs> there I will be a quiz. Be the um, quiz. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do the show notes and I'm like, what? what was that? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's time to talk about our awesome community. Um, shout out time. It's one of it my favourite bits yes. of the podcast. Um, so I've, as always, done a little bit of a, a pick of some of my favourite things I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, and Dan has had a trawl through um, our hobby forum, which is a page we have on Facebook, and he's going to pull out some stuff from there. We've got the competition winner to announce for the first month and um, a reminder about what this month is about. Um we're going to be doing some more posts to try and uh, get people uh, to post their works in progress to encourage everyone along. Dan and I are going to be doing some Necromunda scenery, aren't we, Dan? Uh, I've been reminded, for those who are following us on our journey and and sort of ramble through this whole episode, I've been re- reminded by Ben that powering off to do Lord of the Rings or... Uh, Blood letters kind of isn't quite what I committed to doing, which was my necromunda terrain. So I'm going to do. That. I'm going to put a challenge forward to you to do some graffiti with your airbrush. What? What on the terrain or just generally? Uh, on the terrain, right? Okay. I'm not going to do some that. Tag in. I just do some, get <laughs> some stencils. Oh, boo! Right. So, um, first off today. I'd like to shout out um, someone. I often come across accounts on Instagram or Twitter where the person who, well, the account just needs love, where it deserves more attention because the guy or gal who is doing it um, is doing some awesome stuff and um, isn't getting the, the attention that they deserve for it. Um, so the, this first one is Florian Tough Skull. Um, 
Florian underscore Tusco um, on Instagram. And um, particularly the thing that caught my eye was um, uh, came up on the hashtag Lord of the Rings um, or painting Warhammer or something. I don't know. Um, it's a non-metal metallic uh, Lord of the Rings elf, um, a plastic elf. Um, it's hard to get across now, really. Um, for those people who haven't done Lord of the Rings, it was the smaller scale and um, the plastics, a lot of the early plastics were not great. And um, this this version of the elf just looks absolutely spectacular. Really, really nice. It, it's just brought the whole model to life. Um, it's done in non-metamotallics. It's texturing done on the cloaks and, and fabrics. The base is really lovely, um, and it, it just deserves more love. Um, so if you're an Instagram, Instagrammer, whatever that is called, <laughs> um, head on over to Florian Tuskell and uh, give him a follow, because it's not just that elf. He's got some fantastic Space Marine stuff on there. Um, is this the same guy that's done the Garex Reaver guy? No, that's my next shout-out. Oh, right, okay. Um, he's done some great busts on there too, some excellent work on tattoos. Um, so I just don't, don't really think he needs a bit more attention. So that's my first one, Florian Tuskell. Um, the second one I'd like to call out is that Dan's giving it away, Garrick's Reaver. Um, done by Bebop Paints. Um, right. I won't okay, lie, Kevin. mate. That is one of the finest examples of miniature painting I think I've ever seen. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's stunning. What I love about it is that he doesn't want to photograph the, or hasn't put the photographs of the back up yet because he's not as happy with it as he is the front. No, <laughs> Dude, it's stunning. So please show us the photographs of the back. <laughs> um, no, again, non metamotallics. I, I, maybe I guess, um, I've just been looking, like I said earlier, I've been looking at doing my, um, uh, night vault, um, Stormcast in non-metamotallic. So I've been again um sort of looking at uh looking at examples to try and so that's why I suppose there's two of them on there. But it's it's not just that. The skin tones are gorgeous. Um Well and it's not it's just... like what I love is he hasn't done like some crazy conversion or an epic base. It it's just all about the paint the quality of the painting on the miniature as is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's excellent. Yes, it's a really nice example. Um, so that that's Bebop Paints um, on Instagram as well. Um, so next thing, uh, there's a third one. Um, I, I just noticed that Quarter Paints, who is one of my favourite orc painters, um, has a YouTube account, which I didn't know. Um, I don't often read people's profiles on Instagram. I just look at the pretty pictures and press the heart. Um, so he has a, a YouTube account that does some great tutorials. Um, I watched the one on how to do, uh, a desert base today and it was very, very good. Um, so if, if you haven't looked at quarter paints and like orcs, then that's something you really ought to do. Um, but generally anyway, he's a great hobbyist and it's well worth having a look at his, uh, YouTube account for the, the nice little, tutorials we've got on there have you liked him with our youtube account 
I have subscribed to him on the on our YouTube account. Good, yeah, that so. just means I can find it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So over to you, Dan, and the hobby desk. Well, the hobby forum. As normal, I am very much, very, very organised. Um, so I'm just going to go and find what I was looking at. Just did some filler music there. So, things to shout out. I did see, and I really, really liked it, Dave Hardy has got his terrain set finished for Kill Team. And yep. it was great because he said he bought it on release weekend last July and just finished the terrain. Which is well, um, a lot in there. Yeah, there, well, there is. And also, I think it just shows we all get very excited and we don't necessarily get to stuff straight away. Um, but well yeah. done, dude, because it's good to get it done. And I, I really like it um, quite a lot. That's good. And um, I know I've shouted out before, but Ian has done his corridor. Oh, man. Yeah. So I've just um, thrown mine away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they look fantastic. I really like it. What I do like a lot, and I'm going to have to think about this with mine, is they look uniform but not. So yeah. mine tie together but almost too much, I feel. Like, I like them. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm quite happy with them. Um, but these guys... They look like they've nicked the same cloth and stuff like that, but but just in a ragtag way. So I think that's really yeah. good. Um, re- yeah, I really like them. So I suppose while we're in the the hobby community, which, as we said last time, it's fantastic to see how vibrant it is. Um, unfortunately, I've not replied as much the last couple of weeks because the Facebook Manager app is absolutely trash. Um, and it keeps mine, keeps sort of lagging. So I thought I was all up to date. And then today I went into it and it asked me some questions because it must have updated. And it said I had like 89 outstanding things to respond to. So, um, yeah, I'll make my way through those. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's madness. So thank you for all of those people that are posting. We're not ignoring you. Um, my phone is, but I'm not. Um, right. What were we talking about, Ben? Competition. Competition. Dude. That's right. So, some awesome, awesome entries. Really, really nice. Um, really like the Yvrain. It is, isn't it? Yvrain looks fantastic. Um, icy. Troll Beast looks fantastic. Well, they all look fantastic, to be honest. I could just go through going, looks fantastic, looks fantastic. Um, so the winner, by popular voting, um, is Mr. Rob Jones and his rather nice Stormcast. Now, the face is just unreal. I think. Not bad, is it? I mean, not it's, bad. I think, <laughs> I think the best thing about this model is that he finished it. Yes, I was going to say that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Well done, Rob. It's, it really is very nice. And I've seen it in person. It's lovely. Yeah. It's a lovely model. It's awesome. It's a good effort. Um, ben, the base, is in there as well with his rather nice... Um, it's Tidecaster, I think it's called. Oh, the base on that is... Well, you can't be Ben the base and not produce a nice base, I suppose. But that, that base is very... It's, 
knock my socks off a bit. <laughs> That's very good, isn't it? So thank you all for entering. Um, they look really, really good. What we'll do, we'll pick the 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 sort of top three and get some pictures out onto the main two P's um, bit. And, and then remember, those top three will go on into a a larger competition to get in a place um, which will be voted on, on on a larger scale and there was a prize for that one so yes definitely um and this month is grime is the theme which is why i've been reminded i'm supposed to be painting my neck from under terrain so i haven't seen a lot of activity on grime yet guys so please do put up some pictures and posts um of anything you're working on that that fits the bill on that, because uh, if you don't, we might just we might just have to go with pictures of Ben mud wrestling, and nobody needs that. No, they don't. So they, they genuinely don't. No, no. So, um, oh, I was I was kind of intending for that to be funny, but it's actually disturbed me a bit. <laughs> That's disturbed me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so grime, um. And we will announce the winner of that. When shall we announce the winner of that, dude? What's the date? Well, before probably four weeks from now. So forty-one. Said term. Yeah, forty-one. Yeah. Goodness so we'll announce me. the winner for that for forty-one. Number. Goodness, yeah. Lot in it. High numbers. Yeah. So events, dude. You couldn't just catch up with them now, could you? Pardon. We might have to list, like, give a highlights one <laughs> of our back catalogue. Oh, yeah. That's quite a good idea. I don't know. We've put people through it once already. I don't think they need to be reminded. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe not. Right, so let me just get the calendar up. Go, go, calendar. Da, 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 da. Which is got surprisingly good film, actually, the new Power Rangers film. Yeah, I'd quite like to watch that. Right, so, uh, of course, no point talking about what's happening while we're recording. Um, well, there's the 40k Grand Tournament uh, at Head Office. That's going on. Okay, so, um, 23rd and 24th and 25th, that's the weekend, that will be after this um, this episode. So what we've got on our calendar at the moment is the the Southwest Destiny Regional, which is being run um, by Curtain Games. Yep, Curtain Games. Um, they're just picking up some great regional stuff. Yeah. There's some really good large events. Um, and then the Terranian Onslaught 40k tournament being run at Terra Games. Um, that one's in Newton Abbott. Um, uh, that's a 2,000 point Warhammer 40k single tournament. That's probably sold out by now, but um, like I said, as soon as we find these events, they go on our calendar. So if you're looking for something in the future, head on down um, and have a look. Uh, but it's, if you are fancying a game of 40k, it's always worth contacting them and seeing if there's a space. Uh, next week is Convergence, um, which is uh, up in Element Games, Convergence UK. Um, what 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 game system is that? What game system is that? I think it's a multi-game system. Oh right. Oh, hang on. No, I apologise. I've just opened it up and it's not available, so it might have changed the the date of that. 
No, here we go. Um, so that is um, it's a weekend of RPGs, including Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. There's loads in here. X Wing, Infinity. It's it's a real multi multi sort of thingy event. Hmm. Um, so the the event link is on our calendar if you want to go and have a look at more details than that. That's March the first, that one, or the weekend of March the first. Um, and it's Curtonian Carnage Two is on the Saturday, the uh, second of March. That's forty k tournament at Curtain Games, and that's two thousand points. Um, that's uh, that's quite a big games, isn't two thousand points? I always find for a tournament. Yeah, you get tired, man. <laughs> yep, I do. I don't know anyone else? Um, and then moving forward uh, onto the tenth, uh, is there's some Age of Sigma big tournament that I think some dudes going to that I know. Yeah, on the tenth. If of you March. want, you know, if you want a surefire, you won't come last event. That's the one. That's the one to go to. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and the West Midlands Model Show is on Sunday, the tenth of March. Um, yeah. And then March itself is quite quite. Where a busy is month, the but West then... Model Show? Where is it? Yeah. The venue. Oh, hang on. Uh, West Midlands. Aldersley Leisure Centre. Which I'm assuming is in Aldersley. Oh, well, there you go, then. Or Aldersley. Um, yes. Loads coming up. Um, following on from that, but uh, we'll leave that for the next podcast. Um, and I'll go through and make sure everything's sort of tidied away. Um, as ever, uh, well, not as ever, as we've intended to do from this point onwards, just to remind everyone of the upcoming large Southwest event, um, Rolling Dice, which is on the 6th or 7th of July. Um, it's probably the biggest wargaming regional that we've had the pleasure of having since we started the podcast. Yeah. Um, in the Southwest. And, uh, the more of us that support it, the more likely it is to carry on. And the more likely it is to carry on, the more awesome it is likely to become. So we'll put up um, a link, but it's, um, it's Roll Dice Gaming with the Bristol City Open attached to it. That's right. Cool. Yes. Um, is that it? Have we come to the end of it? Yes. I think we have. I think we have. Um, so next section is we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to go and find my um, Gondor at War book and um, grab a cup of tea. And we'll be right back. There's with you. only one thing to say here. Gondor calls for aid. And Rohan will answer. Hi guys, and welcome to uh, Middle Earth. So this is our section where we uh, talk about Lord of the Rings strategy battle game, because... It's been re-released and we love it and we like giving it some time, but it's not a primary thing that we do. Um, so it, we can't really fill a weekly slot on it, but, um, I have picked myself up, uh, 
the first of their um, army books. I don't know what you call it. Who knows? It's it's more not like cool. a, a scenario type storybook, isn't it? Well, it's interesting, dude. This is a this is I am going to talk about it, but I don't know what it is. Right there, we are. I, I I think expansion is probably the best way to describe it. So the first thing that I've got to point out because it amused me um, is now I may be wrong and I may have really struggled with reading the map, um, but. I sat down to read this book with my son when I unpacked it from my lovely box of goodies um, that was sent to me. And um, I opened the front page and he's like, oh, is that the map of Middle-earth, Dad? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's the map of Middle-earth. And he's like, so where's Gondor? Well, that is a very good question. <laughs> Not on the map is the answer. <laughs> Really? <laughs> so, for some reason, yeah, for some reason, the map that is in the front and back of the book, and I'm I'm pausing because I'm just double checking myself, doesn't go any further south than Rohan. So, yeah. um, the only bit that I can see is the Black Gate that I mean, which I did not know was level with Edoras, But there you go. So I don't really, I, I'm not really sure where they've done that because I was trying to show them where Gondor is and it's not there. But so. When we get past that, so you're right. Essentially, a lot of the book is... Um, so there's the history of Gondor at the start, but that's not very long. Really, if you want background for Lord of the Rings, just read the books. Um, and then it is a lot of scenarios. That's kind of the bulk of the book. Um, but they're going to flow in time with the um, with the films. So what I like about it is that there is scenario. There's a lot, and he's covered a lot from the films. So, the defense of Asiliath, uh, retaking of Asiliath. That's when you've got Boromir with his flag, um, ambush of Athelion, the bit where you see the monks getting ambushed by the rangers, um, and it goes on like that. So, raiding of Palagir, fall of Asiliath. It's you know this. It really is a, the scenario for almost every key moment in the story, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, Faramir's Charge, if you wanted to reenact just Faramir's Charge. There's a scenario <laughs> for that. Um, I know. Um, hang on, let me just check that one, because I'm going to get all uh, participants. Oh! Um, they've done the Twelve Knights of Minas Tirith. No! <laughs> oh. That's a shame. For those who uh, are not Lord of the Rings like obsessed like we are, um, in the film it is in fact the Twelve Knights of Minas Tirith, um, but in the books it's the Knights of Dol Amroth. So it's a bit of a shame that they've chosen to do that, in my opinion. But I suppose they're linking it with the film, so that's what they've done. Uh, the gate is breached, so there's a scenario for when the troll comes through the gate. So when we got through the scenarios, this is where I thought it got got interesting, actually. Um, and there is a lot of them. We then come on to... Um... Oh, what's this? <laughs> it's an ob- that still only counts as one. Hmm. The arrival of the three hunters in the army of the dead has caught the orcs off guard. The scenario is represented as a mini-game. Basically, it's a mini-game to, to, to uh, fighting on top of the Mummer kill. 
That's really funny. <laughs> so there you go. Brilliant. There's actually a scenario to just just using the Mummerkill as a as a <laughs> as a board. Can I um, just throw something Lord of the Rings related out there? Yeah, I've yeah, just seen a great um, picture online of Lurts, and it says when you lose your short threat friends in the nightclub, and then it's Lurts shouting, "Find the half ladies." <laughs> so there we are. That's my contribution. So, um, once you've got past scenario, then there's a really cool bit on how to run it as a campaign, um, working your way through all of the scenarios, uh, and on uh, what happens as a knock-on effect for, um, uh, you know, for the next thing, if you win or lose, depending on which, which side win or lose. So, for example, uh, the charge of Rohirrim, if it's a good victory... In the War Beasts from the South scenario, AMO may re-roll failed to hit and to wound rolls when using a throwing spear. So, um, that's quite a nice little easy kind of run through. There's not huge mechanic in that, which I quite like. So, I think that really is for, you know, two people playing it through, that kind of thing. Or a bunch of people with armies playing through the story of the film. Um, so that's quite cool. This is why I quite, I quite like it. So, it then goes on to the different armies, and um, it adds in the stats for some of the newer character models, so in gold um, and here in the tool, um, that kind of stuff. What I really like about this section is it talks in a very kind of helpful way about what the armies are like. So, rather than um, a bit vague like oh they're good at close combat or they're oh they're good at shooting um it really talks about sort of the benefits of of the army itself so i'm going to pick out rohan and it there's sections for each of them on the key models and how they work in the game um you know the things that you need to know about and one of them in the rohan section is gambling uh, it says at first glance gambling may not seem like anything special but he has uh, as he has an average stat line and nothing that makes him stand out until you take into the account the royal standard of rohan uh, whenever a Rohan hero within range starts a turn without a point of might, uh, they immediately gain one. This recycling of might points allows a Rohan force to constantly be on the move and keep charging for far longer than any other army. Hmm. That's I think that's really good gaming advice that you might not have noticed yeah. yourself. Um, and it's it, it each kind of army has um, a list of key models. They've chosen four key models. Usually it's um, a unit and a couple of characters. So, for example, the Five Dums, it's got Prince Imrahil, the Knights of Dol Amroth, Forlong the Fat, and the Black Root Vale Archers. So it gives it gives you kind of four key units and discusses how they pros and cons. Um, for example, on Rohan as, as well, they, they give you army strengths and weaknesses. So um, it says the excellent choice of heroes the huge number of heroes available for Rohan Force that's able to suit your battlefield needs. Weaknesses, no fight six heroes. Um, while the heroes of Rohan are impressive, none of them are quite the same level as the mightiest heroes of men, such as Aragorn, Isildur, uh, etc. It's good, so, I like, yeah, I like these sections. I like these armies. Um, I think it's really helpful for when you're choosing, or how to, working out how to You've play with them. You've made me think I might um, go and I, pick it up now. Just sounds like an interesting <laughs> so read. The like. ones, yeah, so the, the ones covered in there are Minas Tirith, uh, Rohan, obviously, the Fyfdens, um, 
the Dead of Dunharrow, Mordor, um, the Serpent Horde, uh, Farharad, and Corsairs of Umbar. Uh, so there's quite a few in there. You know, it's, it's, um, it's definitely not just about Gondor, if you know what I mean. It's kind of the information is spread across all of those armies. Hmm. You know, it's not just about Gondor at all. Um, and it, I don't think really Gondor has more information here than any of those other ones I've just called out. So, um, as, as much as it says Gondor at war, I think this is more of an expansion to play the Gondor at war scenario. Oh, right. Okay. Um, this is the bit I really love. Legendary legions, right? So, legendary legions are armies from snapshots in the films. So, a legendary legion is a new way of selecting your army for a battle. Each represents those fighting forces that were present at a specific battle or point in time within the history of Middle-earth, either from the books or the films. By providing a bespoke army list with all the relevant characters and heroes, as well as a series of special rules to faithfully encapsulate the feel of the moment you're representing on the tabletop. Um... And where does it say it in there? Yes, these collection of warriors have not always been from the same armies, kingdoms, or even races, but they fought and died on the battlefield together. Um, it's, I think it's great. So it effectively says you will get models in there that you wouldn't normally have be able to take in that army, but they, they're there. So um, there's the Rangers of Athelion, the Grey Company. I love the Grey Company. Um, the Grey Company is the um it's effectively Aragorn on his way to uh south to accompany yeah, yeah, to fight uh, in Mordor. Yeah. Um so it's effectively Aragorn, um Legolas Gimli, uh Elrond's twin brothers, uh, twin sons, and all, all of the rangers that fought with um Aragorn. Um the return of the king, so that's him coming off the boat. It's all well good, well good me reading them out, but I'm trying to give you an idea of what they are. So it's a very specific army composition list. Um, so the Riders of Theoden is Theoden, Aemer, Dernhelm, Deowin, Gambling, Elfhelm, the Captain of Rohan with a horse, um, a Rider of Rohan, and the Rohan Royal Guard on horse. Um, and you can make your army out of that. And then you get additional rules that count for um, that that force. So the Riders of Rohan must always include Theoden um, and Dunhelm. Uh, may be deployed as part as Elfhelm's warband if you wish to do so. Dunhelm will count as an independent hero. And then they get special rules for Ride for Ruin and the World's Ending. Friendly Rohan cavalry models gain plus winter strength on the turn in which they charge. Um, and Death, once per game at the start of the fight phase, so long as he is alive and on the battlefield. Theoden can declare that he is using this ability and every friendly model, uh, friendly Rohan hero, within 12 may declare a heroic combat or heroic strike. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you basically get special rules um, and additional rules for using an army made out of the composition list. Um, And they're all really wicked and themed. Like The Men of the West is the army that faced off at the Black Gate. And like I said, it's not just about Rohan and Mordor. There's the Army of Gothmog, the Grand Army of the South, which is the um, Serpent Hordes, um, the Black Gate, Orcs, 
it's, there's loads of them in here, dude. Um, so for making really themed armies. So not just playing the small scenarios or the, even the larger scenarios, because some of the scenarios are like the Charge of Rohan. But if you want to play a, a battle at the Black Gate, and you could just choose those two, you know, Legion lists and do it. It sounds, it sounds um, really good. It sounds really... like it's rammed full of content. It is. It's, it's it's really, really good. Um, and then at the back, almost as an afterthought, there's a whole bunch of colour pages with some lovely photographs. Although it's all in colour, but um, the, the the kind of model model pages that you normally get dominating the centre of the book. Mm. Um, so this is this is a really rules heavy, um, extra content book that I am incredibly impressed with. It's all of the best bits of the old Lord of the Rings, and it's all of the like the goodness of the new Lord of the Rings. Um, and of course, a, a massive support with the models that yeah. have come out yeah. with it. So you've got, um, Eowyn on her horse with, um, Pippin. What is it Pippin? It is Pippin, isn't it? You've got the, the Gondor captains. You've got, um, Gandalf the White on his horse. You've got, um, crazy lunatic man with his, um, trying to burn his son at the stake. <laughs> Uh, Denethor. Um, <laughs> that's the scenario, by the way. Uh, you've got, uh, all of the extra, the new orc, um, captains that they did as well. You've got the Harad, uh, Mumet captain. If that isn't like a really encouraging, really exciting view of what we can expect from, the, you know, the future books, I don't know what is. Mm. I think it's really impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, so like I said, it's not an army book. It's not a scenario book. It is a, it's a, it's a, do you remember what it costs? In the mate? truest sense of the word. I don't actually. I don't think it's a lot. Twenties. No, I don't know off the top of my head. Sorry. I, that, that would have been useful for this product review. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it, it's, um, I think it's under 30, definitely. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's easily the size of um, the biggest codexes you get. Um, it's 130 pages long. Great, it's great. I think it's fantastic. But I really don't know why Gondor isn't on the map. It's the only thing i found that is baffling. <laughs> <laughs> This is baffling. Um, I, I don't have any idea what they're going to do next, though. Um, because they're still releasing models based on that book. Which is great, really, because it, it's a good indication of how much support they're giving yeah. those books. So, but it's, it's definitely not a Gondor book. Which is, I suppose, a bit misleading. Um, really, in the title. And I think a lot of people thought it was like a, because uh, what where the way Lord of the Rings used to be done was scenario books, and then they moved on to what was effectively army books. So, uh, Khazad Doom, for example. Um, uh, but they often had two forces in, and then they moved on even further, and it was just like free peoples, for example. Yeah. Um, and it was all of the stats for those people. This book has very little stats in it. 
practically only covers the stuff that has been released since they printed the other ones. Um, it's a completely different beast. It's like a merging of, um, like I said, all, all of the good stuff of the past. So you can literally recreate the whole film. Hmm. You know, the whole of the, the last film with that book from start to finish without missing anything. That sounds epic. Like, like I said, there's, there's even a scenario for Legolas on top of the Mummer Kill. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, Crazy Man trying to burn Faramir. Oh, yeah. Dunethor. So, and, and, and the Gandalf the White stopping him. So, it, it's great. I really would, if you're into the Lord of the Rings, I, I would very strongly suggest now, um, that you try and pick up all of the books as they come up, maybe not the models. You can put, you know, the models are things that you can pick up when you decide to do the, or if you decide to do it. But if you're one for playing through the scenarios in the films or, you know, I think they're great. I think it's, I think that's a really encouraging mm. book. Yeah, it sounds good. You've made me want to get it. Sorry, that's dude. Right. <laughs> so I know you were like, oh, I won't need that. It's Gondor and I'm Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> but it, <laughs> but it's not. It's a problem. There's a lot of Mordor in there. Um, so, yeah. Um, have we had any cool... Yeah, we've had loads of cool new Lord of the Rings models, haven't we? Two new um, orcs. Yep, yeah, two new orcs. The three hunters. Um, the only reason I didn't pick the three hunters up is because I've got the old resin ones, and I haven't painted the old resin ones, so I don't... I don't think I could justify to myself getting the new ones without having painted the old ones. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I've got uh, Eowyn. She's coming out, isn't she, on her horse? Yeah. Uh, she's and on foot as well. But that wicked little extra thing that they did with um, Gandalf the White, where you, you can have plus or minus Hobbit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's clever. <laughs> plus or minus Hobbit. So, yeah, there we go. That's my ramblings complete for Lord of the Rings um, this this week. And um, I'm sorry, I'm just flicking to see if I can... No, can't find it off the top. Um... I think that draws us to a close, unless you've got anything else you want to talk about. No, I think two. that's everything, mate. I say I haven't really done a lot just recently, but try and get something done over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, that is us. It is a bit of a bug of that book, though, because now I'm like, oh, I need Mordor. Lots of Mordor, so I can play the whole thing. And at least three Mumma kills. Obviously. At least. Minimum. <laughs> or find someone who's happy to collect all of the evil armies. <laughs> well, and we'll actually follow through with all it. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> so, um, that is us for episode 39. Thank you for listening. Um, if you've made it this far, congratulations. Um, we are, as ever, available on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, which is at the Two Piece Podcast. Um, 
We also do have a YouTube, not a lot on there, but a couple of interesting things. Um, and as ever, we always like to say a massive thank you. We don't try and push it as such with the, uh, the Patreon, but thank you to those who, who have decided to support us means a great deal. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Ben. It genuinely does. Yeah. Ben, have I missed anything obvious? No, no, haven't. No, just, I, um, extra shout out to the, the hobby forum. If you listen to our podcast, we'd love you to get involved in the hobby forum, which is on Facebook because we, we genuinely love seeing other people's hobby. It, um, inspires us, um, to carry on with our own, uh, and to keep making the podcast because hobby is what it's all about. And, you know, just focusing on your own hobby can feel a little bit isolated and boring. And, you know, we're seeing such awesome stuff from people all over the world in that forum that, um, it, it really almost motivates me too much because I end up running around in circles like, um, the chicken from Moana. <laughs> Yeah, lovely. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, we will see you for episode 40, which is <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Oh, just one last thing to say. Um, we will be playing. It is set in stone now um, on Warhammer TV on the 15th of March. Um, so if you fancy seeing just how bad we are at the game, <laughs> <laughs> you can tune in and watch us embarrass ourselves on on Twitch. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Bye.